Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back today with another edition of Podcast Weekly. I'm your host, Noah V, and today we're going to be talking about the Boston Massacre. I'm joining the studio live and in flesh with Professor Lane Winstable-Reed. Hey, V. Glad to be here today. Also joining me today is Dr. Alex Moore. Always a pleasure seeing you, Noah. Both Mr. Reed and Dr. Moore are considered experts on North American history. Mr. Reed has been a professor at the University of Yale for 10 years, I believe. Yes, sir, that is correct. I've been teaching courses specific to North American history. Great stuff. Dr. Moore, you've been publishing some research for quite some time now. I read some of your work. Let me tell you, some in-depth analysis. Thanks, Noah. I've been doing research specific to early colonial America and the American Revolution. So, getting into the topic. On a Monday night, March 5th, 1770, different groups of civilians were out and about in the Boston area. There was a small assembly of people on King Street. A riot then ensued. Three civilians were shot dead and eight were wounded by British soldiers. Colonists were upset. What are your thoughts on this, Professor Reed? Well, V, there's uh, actually some heated debate on what happened March 5th, 1770. Uh, Some people believe that the colonists were protesting uh, against the British and their taxes that were being implemented on the colonies. Uh, The colonists really viewed the British soldiers as intruders in their city as they occupied literally every corner of Boston. Um, When the colonists gathered and began to protest, the British soldiers got a little bit intimidated by the large number of colonists, and they began to open fire. Uh, There are also several reports stating that colonists pleaded with British soldiers uh, to not fire their weapons. Uh, That's one of the perspectives, and that one would be that this is a clear-cut massacre. To add to that point, Noah V., in my research, I found in John K. Alexander's book, Samuel Adams, The Life of an American Revolutionary, that John Adams stated the group of people might not even have been Bostonians. He, in fact, says that this group of people gathered on King Street were all part of the lower class, calling them probably a motley rabble of saucy boys. This shows that it just wasn't Americans who were involved in this event. Uh, if I may, Novi, uh, I've done some extensive research on the men who were shot and killed uh, at the time. Out of the five pe- people who were killed, one of the men was from Virginia, one was from Ireland, and one of the more widely known men was a free African-American man named Crispus Attucks. Uh, this shows men from very different backgrounds coming together for a common cause, and this is widely accepted, uh, like one of the many taxes levied by the British. I agree with Professor Reed's argument that this was a defining, unifying moment for people of all backgrounds. However, something I found in my research was that John Adams, while he did support the revolution as a whole, did not support the riot that became known as the Boston Massacre. Adams even went so far as to accuse Crispus Attucks of leading the revolt, even though Samuel Adams stated that Attucks was simply leaning on a stick when the shots began to ring off. Attucks played a pivotal role in not just the Boston Massacre, but the trials following the massacre. How was Crispus Attucks perceived by the British community, the colonists, and the African-American community? And lastly, did Crispus Attucks have a long-lasting effect on the black community? The effect of Crispus Attucks did not just influence Boston. It also affected the 13 colonies. Word quickly spread throughout the colonies that Attucks was the first to die at the massacre. A quote even permeated from the event about Crisps stating he was the first to defy, the first to die. This shows that after hearing of Attucks being shot in Boston along with others, it was a proverbial tipping point in the revolution. 
I agree with Dr. Alex in that Attucks's death was a starting point uh, for unity across the colonies, and also uh, for the revolution against Britain. However, the British, from the British perspective, Attucks was a man who led colonists and the anarchy. John Adams, who even became the uh, second American president, defended the soldiers in court against the charge of murder. He quoted an, eye, an eyewitness testimony that Attucks had struck the first blow. Adams described him as the self-appointed leader of an angry uh, mob of citizens. In Adams' closing argument, Attucks became the man with, and I'm quoting this, hardiness enough to fall upon them, and with one hand took hold of a bayonet, and with the other knocked the man down. The officer in charge and the five men were acquitted, with further, which further inflamed the public. However, this really shows how influential the British government is over the local colonial government of the 13 colonies. I say this because the British soldiers obviously wanted no blame in this event, and they were acquitted as a result. Attex in his death even played a role in the black community years after the Revolutionary War was over. In the 1850s, African Americans thought of Attex as a revolutionary patriot and as a symbol of loyalty, black citizenship, and racial pride. A Christmas Attex Day was set up by black abolitionists in 1858 and in 1888. The Crispus Attucks Monument was hosted on the Boston Commons. Interesting. There's some debate on who started this massacre, whether it be angry colonists or the British soldiers. What do you guys think? Well, if you look at this event from a British perspective, you would see a group of rebellious American colonists attacking British soldiers. The soldiers stated that the angry mob had become increasingly violent and had even started attacking British soldiers with sticks and rocks. The biggest turning point of this event was when the British officer Edward Garrick allowed himself to get involved in the madness and struck one of the civilians in the face with the butt of a musket. From there, the situation quickly escalated. Despite the reinforcements and the actions taken by the British captain trying to control the crowd, the angry mob was getting out of control. The seven soldiers tried to take one of the officers to safety but could not reach him and were forced to defend themselves and open fire. I do agree with Lane that the colonists were the ones who were wanting the British soldiers to take action. In the book of Samuel Adams, The Life of a Revolutionary, John K. Alexander stated that there is no question that people in the crowd hurled snowballs, ice, sticks, and other objects. He also later stated that knowing the soldiers clad in their scarlet coats could not legally fire their weapons unless authorized by a civilian magistrate, members of the crowd taunted them mercilessly. You cowardly rascals, you bloody backs, fire and be damned. As you can see, the colonists were putting pressure on the British soldiers and it escalated into one of the most tragic events in American history. So you, both, so you both gave some different perspectives on this event. Lane, you gave some good perspectives on people of the colonies and of the British. Alex, you also gave some good perspectives from the African-American community, and especially in the impact of Crispus Attucks. I think this was a big event in American history, and you guys did an excellent job of telling different perspectives. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for having us, Noah. It's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us, V. Hope to see you soon. Thanks, folks, for tuning in to Podcast Weekly with me, Noah V. Join us next week as we discuss the World Series. Stay safe, ladies and gentlemen.